Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Chargers Podcast Network. My name is Steven, and I am the host, as always. And joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. we got a lot of Chargers news to get into. Let's do it. Yes, we do. We, we definitely have a lot to dive in today. Obviously, the Chargers uh, have released their initial 53-man roster, did a, a lot of cuts today, did a trade yesterday, which we'll dive into um and a lot to really break down here uh before we get started obviously as always tyler and i are fans of the team just like you guys we are very fortunate to have this platform and uh, very grateful for it that being said the opinions that we express on this show and every show are not always reflective of the charters organization uh they are ours and ours alone and uh yeah let's dive into this um tyler before we get started uh, i do want to say first of all i think there's a lot of dehumanizing that goes on with these with this day in particular you know there was uh you know this is a, a rough day for a lot of guys you know players are are losing their jobs and, and potentially moving cities and you know a guy like dustin hopkins in particular gets you know traded from los angeles to cleveland and has to uproot his family and, and got a kid on the way so um as people we want to thank the people who are uh leaving the chargers organization hopefully some of you are able to come back but um, wish you nothing but the best wherever you end up and, uh, hopefully you, uh, get back on your feet as, as so many players have done, you know, getting cut and coming back and, and having a great career. So hopefully all of you guys that, uh, are maybe a little dark today end up in a more positive light down the road. Yeah. And it's not the end all be all right. Adrian Phillips was cut, what, 10 different times by the Chargers yeah. and they ended up getting, you know, pro Bowl honors a few years in still with the Patriots going strong over there. So you know, hopefully these guys find other opportunities. It's tough. You root for guys to win jobs, but if guys win jobs, someone's kind of losing that job, which is very unfortunate. So yeah. happy for the guys who made it, of course, who are sticking around, or at least for now are sticking around, but I'll always keep the guys that are cut, that are traded, et cetera, uh, in my thoughts and prayers and hearts and all that. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, all right, we'll, uh, we'll go position by position at some point, but um, a lot to dive into here, Tyler. What was your biggest takeaway, biggest surprise? What's kind of your, your broad view of the Chargers roster from today as they cut it from 90 to 53? It was tough to see so many guys go in such a quick fashion. It's what's 1,000 or 600-something people or whatever it is that are suddenly just looking for a new team. So it was a lot to see so many guys just go so quickly, which I'm not used to. Um, I'll start with the positive surprise, which is Elijah Dotson, a guy who you and I would have loved to, in a parallel universe, have put him on our initial you know, 53 that we would have guessed um, for the Chargers' initial 53. But it just felt like, okay, four running backs, how do you justify that? How do you work that? Um, but it's nothing because of you know what he did in the preseason. He was outstanding. Of all the bubble guys, there's not a bubble guy who deserved to be on the roster more of those bubble guys because of how he performed. Austin Eckler, I went back and looked. Austin Eckler in 2017 as a rookie, his preseason, 159 total yards. Elijah Dotson, very close with 155. It was almost ah. exact. I would have freaked out if it were exact, um, but he deserved to be out there. He looked fantastic. As soon as they gave him the opportunity, and then the RB4 spot, he took it and never let go. So to me, while it isn't the biggest surprise, it is certainly the most pleasant surprise, I think, because he's awesome, and Chargers fans have loved watching him. Yeah, I think everybody you know, listening to this would have advocated for Elijah making the roster, and I think, like you mentioned, I think he deserved it, but 
rationally, it was hard for me to, to justify keeping a, a fourth running back on, on my prediction list. And, and people were like, oh, you got to keep Dotson. And I was like, I agree. <laughs> but like, this is a prediction video that we did. And, you know, obviously we were wrong in that regard. I'm very happy to, to be wrong with Elijah Dotson because he has earned it. And, you know, stories like his are kind of what the NFL is about. You know, this is a guy who had to transfer schools to, to seek out the best opportunity. And it was still a smaller school. You know, he comes undrafted. Um, after the draft, he was quoted as saying that the Chargers were really the team that was most interested in him and really almost the only team that was interested in him. Um, and so he gets his chance with the Chargers, and initially it was kind of a slow opportunity. It really wasn't until that first preseason game that the Chargers were like, hey, like let's get this guy a bigger shot. Mm-hmm. Obviously moving on from Larry Rantry, who's on the, the Texans right now and, and probably looking for a practice squad spot with the Texans. Um so Dotson gets his chance and he rewards them. And, and, you know, I said after the Saints game that I, I happen to like the Saints game more than the, uh, than the Rams game because I thought it really showed off more of his arsenal as a running back. And so he, he's absolutely earned this chance. And, and we acknowledged as much that he was, like you mentioned, the best bubble player in terms of the preseason performances. But just kind of doubted that the Chargers would actually keep a fourth running back. And, and turns out they are. So I think that's... That's the right place to start with Elijah Dotson, who was definitely a fan favorite, you know, getting his opportunity to make the Chargers 53-man roster. And, and hopefully he's around to stay because I think he showed enough good signs in the preseason that I think if they had decided to cut him, I think he would have been claimed because he was one of the best running backs in the league in the preseason game. So very well-deserved opportunity for him, and I'm excited to see how this turns out for Mr. Elijah Dotson. Yeah, if you're looking at the rookie running backs, I believe he was third in rushing yards and first in yards per attempt, and I think by quite a bit. So even if you're not paying attention to the games themselves, if you're any GM or personnel manager who flips on the stat sheet, hello, you know, I'll, I'll take the rookie who led the NFL and all rookies in rushing yards or yards per attempt. So totally get it. You know, some of these moves are also, you know, partially defensive as much as they are just, you know, retaining the guy, sure, but it's also yeah. kind of like a defensive thing hey, we want to make sure we get this guy. And then, you know, when a lot of other stuff happens and and rosters are more set, you know, maybe we move on different things. So we'll see, you know, how long he sticks on this for. He could be sort of, you know, we thought the sixth wide receiver that we had, Keelan Doss, making it was just kind of the placeholder until Jalen Guyton came off the pup list. Elijah Dotson could be that placeholder, but for now, he's got games. He's made the active roster, or the initial roster, excuse me, and good for him. Congratulations. Yeah, 100%. I, I think for me, the, the biggest uh, positive surprise, because well, we'll get to some other <laughs> surprises too, um, has to be A.J. Finley. I, I, like, he was the guy that you and I both really liked. You know, He was our, uh, our top free agent in terms of the undrafted guys to, to you know, come to an agreement with the Chargers. We really liked his film uh, at Ole Miss, and I really liked his traits. And, and we had him making our initial pre-training camp roster because we really felt strongly about what he would be able to do given the opportunity but we didn't really hear much about him getting a real opportunity you know it was almost always uh mark webb who was released and raheem raheem lane who did make the roster who were working ahead of him on the depth chart and even after you know although he had a little bit of that injury you know aj finley didn't necessarily get a ton more opportunities but he must have made quite an impression because he, he makes this roster. So I'm not necessarily surprised based off of the player making it because I really like this player. But 
based off of the opportunity he was given, I don't think that he was really considered a favorite. I think for me, I looked at that 10th defensive back spot as Taiwan Mullen versus Mark Webb, um, maybe Cam Brown, who had some moments. And turns out A.J. Finley was just kind of quietly working in the background and, and winning a job opportunity. So job well done, Mr. Finley. Very well deserved. Uh, and I'm excited to see what it comes to fruition because I really liked his college tape battle miss. Yeah, give Derek Ansley, Brandon Staley more DBs. But yeah, I was I was very surprised. This was the biggest <laughs> surprise. I did not see this coming at all. And that's, you know, we're only fans who can view things from the outside looking in. So what do we go off of? Like snap totals, who walks out there first? And that's kind of really all we have. And, and maybe some tackles and pass breakups. And, and that's it. So, you know, you see Mark Webb, the guy that they drafted. He's out there. He plays 34 preseason snaps. Okay, like he's starting. He's even kind of starting over Raheem Lane. So he must be yeah. at the safety that they would like over Raheem Lane. And maybe that could technically still be true because Raheem Lane might just be viewed more as a special teamer, which is fine. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see this coming, which is funny because you and I, you talked about him. You were very high on him. I'm glad you brought him up the first time we did it on this channel, talking about the undrafted free agents. And then our, our initial predictions, we had him on there before camp. And I would have, wouldn't have guessed this one. If anybody had a perfect bracket going into the last safety group, uh, it was busted. I didn't see a single person yeah. talk about him making the roster. It, it really would have been just like Mark Webb. Like our discussion was Mark Webb or Raheem Lane or both. It really wasn't. That was kind of it. It really was no, yeah. no AJ Finley in there, but um, good for him. Clearly he's making an impression and maybe even more so than Elijah Dotson. This is a very much so a defensive move. Somebody out there or a couple people out there, especially ahead of the Chargers and waiver priority, really likes A.J. Finley. Who that is, I don't know. But clearly they felt like, look, I know he didn't show a ton. Maybe like wasn't as flashy and splashy as Elijah Dotson. But this mm -hmm. guy's going to get scooped up immediately. So we got to hold on to him. Again, kind of like Dotson. We'll see for how long. But good for him. Like his film, college film was great. So yeah. if Ansley and all these guys can continue to develop him, you know, the other undrafted free agents, the other sixth, seventh round DBs and such, I'm all for it. So good for him. Congratulations. Yeah. You mentioned playing defense here a little bit. Uh, Thor Nystrom, who uh, is a great draft analyst. If you don't follow him, I, I definitely recommend doing so. After the draft happened, he sent out this uh, uh, compilation of like the highest ranked uh, undrafted free agents. And I think there were other people who did this too. I'm pretty sure NFL Network had one. But on his list, he did a, a, a compilation of it. And Gerard Clark was one of the, the highest uh, remaining undrafted free agents ranking. The Chargers obviously had him. And A.J. Finley was right up there with him. You know, A.J. Finley was very well thought after um, in draft circles. I know the Bootleg Football Podcast guys were big fans of his as well. Um, we both liked him. So there's definitely a lot to work with here. Again, you mentioned this, you know, we'll see how long he ultimately does stay on the roster, but Brandon Staley likes to have 10 DBs. And unless there's like a veteran that they really like out there, I think AJ Finley is going to get a chance to be on this roster, whether or not that's, you know, active on game days, we'll see. But, um, I, I think of the placeholders, which we can talk about. I think AJ Finley is probably one of the ones that I'm more confident in staying on the roster because mm -hmm. I think this is. You know, Brandon Staley wants he, he's a self-proclaimed defensive back factory like this is what the Chargers want to do they want to develop defensive backs and I think AJ Finley is there they're next in line so I'm excited to see how it works out I really like the blend of like coverage 
potential that you have with JT Woods and AJ Finley as your second team mm. safeties, so to speak. You know, Alohi and Derwin can do a lot of the physical, dirty work stuff of the safety position. And then AJ Finley and uh, and JT Woods can kind of fill in the blanks in that regard. So very happy with this. I, the, the safety room, I think, is is a surprise based off of like snaps, but uh, I'm very happy with this room right now. Yeah, as am I. It's a really, really okay. Do I hesitate and say solid room? I'll I'll wait. I'll wait and say it's a solid room. But I, even though it's an unproven room, I do very much so like the guys that are in the room. So I think yeah. you can feel. I don't know about confident but really happy with who you have because I think you just, there's a lot of potential within that room. I think that's fair. Um, all right, let's go through position by position here and, and uh, we'll give some thoughts as we go. Um, one of the other bigger surprises potentially for some people, quarterback, only uh, two on the roster this year, again, subject to change, but um, the Chargers did decide to release Max Duggan and only keep Justin Herbert and Easton Stick. On the roster, this is only the second time in uh, the years that they've been in Los Angeles that the Chargers have kept just two quarterbacks on the roster, the other one being 2018 when it was just uh, Philip Rivers and Geno Smith. Uh, this year, Justin Herbert and Easton Stick. What is uh, your reaction to the decision to cut Max Duggan, Tyler? I thought this would be what either made or broke my bracket, and it turns out it was everything else we just talked about. <laughs> but I thought it was risky because to, to predict that Duggan would not make the, the 53 because they, they've kept three quarterbacks. And like we've talked about, there's a rule now that really kind of helps you. And like there's a kind of a, another reason to keep three quarterbacks. So why cut him this year after you just drafted him? At the same time, like we just talked about Elijah Dotson, there was just there were too many guys I think that played really gosh darn well that yes they're undrafted free agents versus a seventh round pick but those undrafted free agents played a really really good preseason and I thought it would come down to like Elijah Dawson Gerard Clark who didn't make it but you just felt like you had to get one of these other guys on there um, so Max Duggan I hope he develops and is great um, he'll obviously they'll want him on the practice squad and he's got tons of tools. I think he rebounded in that, that final game. It wasn't so hot to start, but to at least rebound, score a touchdown, run at least very well, that's great to see. So hopefully there is something there for them. Um, but this, I think it just came down to there's just enough other guys that we want uh, to keep. And then really, as we've talked about as well, if Herbert ever got hurt, uh, they'd probably just sign another quarterback, whether that's ahead of Stick or behind him. Um, I don't think we'd see Duggan this year. So I, I understand why they let him go. So it's, it's not a surprise because we, that's, we predicted it, but I, I wasn't so sure. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd be curious about the data of like fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks in terms of quarterbacks that actually like play out the duration of their rookie career or rookie contract, excuse me, mm -hmm. on the team that drafted them. Because I think if like, you know, the optimistic view is that these guys who are drafted on late day three, they're, they're your long-term backup types. And, you know, that's obviously why the Chargers kept Easton Stick around because they were pretty optimistic about his development and, and wanted to, again, play defense and make sure that he wasn't uh, scooped up by another team who might have thought pretty highly of him in, on the draft. And I think also just, like, it speaks to the strength of the Chargers roster. Like, I think the Chargers felt like they needed that extra spot on the 53 as opposed to being able to have that extra spot on the 48 because of the, the, the third quarterback rule. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's 
it's it's a shame that you know Max Duggan didn't get more opportunity because this team was really invested in the development of Easton Stick, and I think rightfully so. Um, but like you said, there were guys who who really went out there and, and had some excellent you know chances to to show what they had and, and showed out well. You know, there were guys who were cut today that you know I think objectively should be on this roster, but the, you can only keep fifty three. You know, it's it's part of how you work this puzzle, and unfortunately for Max Duggan. Uh, you know, he's on the outside looking in, you know, like you mentioned, I think there's some potential there to work with and hopefully he can come back on the practice squad, but we'll see what happens there. Maybe he decides to look for a better opportunity somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and you have Justin Herbert for the next bazillion years and hopefully until the day I die, which won't happen, but you know, I hope he's <laughs> the quarterback forever. There's other position groups where you're not really so sure about who the next guy is going to be, you know, at running back, for example, sure. you got to hold on to Dotson because Eckler's probably gone next year, and Kelly is a free agent next year. Technically, you don't know what you have in Spiller, and you cut Larry Roundtree. So, like, yeah, let's keep another guy. Or, or tight end. What does tight end look like next year? Could be a completely different room. So let's make sure we have another roster spot to keep Stone Smart, for example. So, yes, they'd be looking for another quarterback, too, in the future, potentially. Um, but that's not as pressing, I, I think, as trying to hold on to some of these other guys who really showed up and showed out at running back, tight end, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so we talked a little bit about Elijah Dotson, obviously making the roster. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts here about how this running back room shook out? And you know, we can talk about maybe kind of Spelly. Uh, hello, Spelly. Combine the two, Spiller versus Kelly here. But any other final thoughts on the running back room here? Uh, not particularly. No. Um, it was really just for me. Are three are three running backs or four? That's all it really came down to. And if it's four, it's clearly mm-hmm. Dotson. So no. No surprises in that regard. If the fourth guy that was kept, you know, it was Dotson the whole way through and through. So it makes sense. Yeah, I, I like the blend of roles here. And, you know, we talked about heading into the preseason that Dotson might be the guy, guy that we kind of liked because he has some receiving potential and, you know, he's a little bit faster. So um, I, do, I do like the composition of this room, although I understand some people wanting three running backs instead of four. We'll see how that goes. I think, you know, with the way that Kellamore wants to – you know, get after it on the ground. I think it makes sense to keep four running backs as well. Yeah. Um, so, so obviously Chargers only keeping the one fullback, Mr. Xander Horvath, um, key special teams player, you know, not a surprise at all that he meant, ended up making the roster because he's a, a core for a special teams player for this uh, Chargers special teams unit. Um, so we'll move on to the wide receivers here, only keeping five on the initial active roster here with Keenan. Uh, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, Josh Palmer, and Darius Davis. I know there was a lot of initial buzz and hype around John Hightower, unfortunately getting injured, kind of derailing that. Keelan Doss, just kind of a really steady presence in the preseason. Uh, we both had six on the active roster uh, initially from Saturday. Chargers are going with five here. Tyler, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Hightower, unfortunately. Great story for the first few weeks of camp, and then just – grinding halt and you, you feel bad because you see it's like okay yeah this guy's gonna make it here's his opportunity doesn't happen so that's unfortunate had Doss making it I kind of thought that they would lean into like they did with um, defensive tackle you know let's switch it up let's have 60 tackles so I figured going into this year that they would carry six wide receivers mm-hmm. they still might that's it's very much possible um, Jalen Guyton on the pup list so he's got four games he's not going to play so he's kind of a, a post by thing so it seems like they're just going to go with we're just going to have Keelan Dawson, the practice squad, if he clears, elevate him, elevate him. Potentially, after you do your elevations, you have to sign him, and maybe that's where Dotson 
ends up being cut because they have to find a spot somewhere. Um, so I would have liked to see them keep six, but it's okay. I, I think at least for the first two weeks, they're going to have six in a way. It's just through elevations. Yeah, I think, you know, we might have misinterpreted like the need for a six receiver and, and that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, sometimes you miss with these predictions, but um, Jalen Guyton is really that guy. You know, like you mentioned, he's going to be on the yeah. pup list to start. You know, I would assume that once he's healthy, he's going to be on, on the active roster uh, and we'll see when that is. But him staying on the pup list, I think, is the right decision. Gives him, you know, another basically six weeks to, you know, continue working on his recovery. And maybe by that time he looks great and he's ready for an active roster spot. Or maybe you keep him on longer. I don't know. We'll see how, what happens there. But, you know, I, I think this receiver room is fantastic. <laughs> like, I think the potential of this receiver room is so, so good. Um, I would have liked to have some more flexibility for sure. You know, I, and people will compare it like they kept five last year. But this is a very different five. Like, this yeah. is a unit that you feel great about. Joshua Palmer has taken another step forward. Quentin Johnson has been as advertised, I would say, in training camp. Really excited to see his his rookie debut. Darius Davis, as we've seen, can give you some, you know, gadget stuff while also being like a functional receiver from the slot from time to time. So um, this is a, a much deeper stable of, of wide receivers that this team can can use and Kellen Moore can deploy as, as he sees fit. But I think eventually we will see six on the roster because Jalen Guyton is going to come back at some point. And the roster is going to change when when he's healthy and ready to contribute. Yeah, to your point about the, the five being so different than last year, that's kind of where I think we did our, our had our misstep. I'm like, well, they need to keep six because they didn't last year, and they suffered because they didn't have six. They didn't have enough guys. Sure. Um, and again, when Guyton comes back, it'll probably be six. But like you said, it's a very different set of five. Um, first of all, everybody's healthy, so that's a that's a good start. Um, and yeah. then Darius Davis, um, Quentin Johnson, Josh Palmer, all those guys finished the preseason training camp, et cetera, with stock up. So you feel nothing but great about this receiver room. So I understand why, at least for now, it's five on the initial roster. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, let's get to the tight ends here. Chargers deciding to keep four again like they did last year, obviously being Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty, and Stone Smart. I think initially I was a little bit hesitant on Stone Smart making it, but to his credit, he had a really, really solid preseason, um, had some good moments in training camp, and in particular, I think, shined in the Saints' joint practices, according to, to those who were there. So what's your reaction here to Stone Smart being one of the 53 initially? Uh, what a story, because he started so hot last year in the spring, but then he got hurt. So And for an undrafted free agent, quarterback turned tight end, from old dominion it's like well that's that's it you know that's all you got um but they held on to him and they saw something in him and then he started to play in some games and now you've got a guy that you know for the next few years we'll see if they cut him or whatever again but you feel pretty good about his development his trajectory i think it's early to say this but it's we can i think sort of say this it's potentially a gerald everett light kind of replacement if Everett goes down his skill set is just a little different than the other guys. It's a little bit different than Donald Parham, than Trey McKitty, um, as a more pure receiver type. Is he going to be your inline blocker? Not really. I don't think so, although they can use him. And you saw in the 49ers game, they can use him creatively to block like they would have, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, like a Utah's Dalton Kincaid, for example. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> you know, I just had to throw that in there. But yeah, yeah. I- I'm happy for him. Uh, what, what a story, because 
not often do you, it's not often do you see a guy from a not a large school convert from quarterback to a different position and then get hurt and then make it and then continue to be on the roster and then make it yeah. again this year. Pretty impressive. Yeah, quarterback to tight end. That's a that's a very unique transition. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of quarterback to receiver, quarterback to running back, you know, receiver to tight end. Quarterback to, to quarterback to tight end is very very <laughs> unique and I think it just kind of speaks to the work that he's put in and also like you mentioned he missed like basically the whole summer. He was injured. He was on that little uh crutch with his his leg in a boot last summer, so mm-hmm. you know Credit to him. Job well done. Um, I really like the, the development he's shown, particularly as like a contested catch artist. Um, had some great moments in the preseason this year in that regard and just shows that, you know, the, the quarterbacks can trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, as a blocker, I think more reminiscent of like a Steven Anderson type where it's you got to get him yeah. on the move and get going. Like you mentioned, um, our guy Dalton Kincaid. Uh, very similar role in that regard. More of an H-back than he is a true tight end as a blocker. But um, that Gerald Everett... Um, insurance if you will so as a receiving room i really like this tight end room i think with donald parham stretching the seams again yards after catch ability gerald everett working crossers also can work vertically and stone smart you've got a lot of potential here as a receiving room as a blocking unit i'm still very concerned and you know i want everybody to do well and i want everybody to reach their potential but with the way that this team wants to run the fo- wants to run the football and, and make sure that they're able to run an efficient play action play action game i'm concerned this is a this is a unit that i think should be addressed and again i don't i'm not going to call for anybody's job but this is a unit that has to improve in the blocking department or the rushing attack is simply not going to reach its potential so ideally that comes from the players that are on the team and you don't have to make any moves but I'm concerned, and I don't think anything that happened in the preseason showed otherwise. Yeah, I, I would agree there. Obviously, we didn't get to see a, like a ton of Donald Parham blocking a ton of film and, and whatever, but yeah, we'll see. It's a position group that we've been concerned with for that specific reason because it was so worrisome last year, and there's just so much uncertainty. You know, Donald Parham, consistency with injuries. McKitty hopefully rebounding, we'll see. Gerald Everett, not known as an inline blocker. And Stone Smart, again, we just talked about converted quarterback to tight end. I don't know what he weighs now, but he was 226 uh, last time that they somebody weighed him, I guess, uh, and reported <laughs> it. So it's not a great blocking unit. Um, I'm very curious through the first four games what Kellen Moore does with that blocking unit. Does he rely on that extra tight end? Or do we just say, hey, we've got receivers. So we're going to use receivers and our five linemen. That's all we're going to do. Yeah, to your point, like Will Clapp has 260 snaps as a six offensive linemen registered as an inline tight end, according to PFF in his history. Hmm. Uh, I think Jordan McFadden could do very well in that regard, too, as a former offensive tackle. You know, this is uh, an offensive coordinator that is not uh, – he's not hesitant to use extra offensive linemen. He had the uh, – an infamous Hulk package that he used in Dallas to get Connor McGovern on the field more often. Um, and, and that is something that you can do hundred percent. You can use extra offensive linemen, you know, as much as you want, but at some point, like it just kind of limits your options because really tough to run play action with six offensive linemen on the field, because that six one is probably not running routes. So yeah. Um, again, ideally the unit improves on their own. I do think Donald Parham is an underrated blocker, but they don't have a true like 
tone setter at tight end like they had with like Virgil Green or like yeah. Sean McGrath kind of guy. And I think they are missing that kind of presence. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start putting some Scott Matlock or Jordan McFadden, you know, fades. <laughs> That's right, Matlock was. Film. Yeah, yeah, we, we got to get some film out there of them catching some passes to keep the defenses honest. Because uh, yeah. yeah, that's what we're leaning on for the fullback and extra blockers. Hey, you got to throw some passes every once in a while. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get to those offensive linemen. Chargers keeping nine this year. I think a bit of a surprise, but uh, starting unit obviously stays intact with Rashawn Slater. Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsay, um, I almost said Jordan McFadden, not Jordan McFadden. <laughs> Jamari Sawyer is the starting right guard. And then Trey Pipkins, Mr. McFadden, Will Clapp, uh, Foster, Sorrell, and then uh, Brennan Hymas, another potential surprise here. Um, I think for me, the way that I kind of interpreted this is that Will Clapp has a ton of versatility in his background. He started his career at LSU as a guard, ultimately ended up as a center. He started out his career in the NFL as a guard and ultimately has decided to go back to center for a variety of reasons. So he's a guy that can play all three spots on the interior. And I think this team watched what Brendan Hymas did at center, the improvement and that he displayed um, just like the comfort level that he was expressing as a center. They decided to keep him around and, and see if that is a player that you can develop long-term. And so I think you kind of pivot away from this idea that maybe Zach Bailey is your swing guard or maybe Jordan McFadden is your swing guard to, hey, Will Clapp is our swing interior player, period. And then if something else happens, we'll bring in Brennan Hymas or Jordan McFadden to to kind of fill in the gaps. So um, that's my interpretation of the decision to keep Brennan Hymas instead of Zach Bailey. I am, you know, not going to lie, a little disappointed. I thought Zach Bailey was their best backup on the team period in the preseason i thought that he what he displayed on tape was a true level of consistency explosiveness and he played three different positions in the preseason so i I really liked zach bailey i was pretty surprised that they decided not to keep him on the initial 53 um but it is what it is like i mentioned i think some of this is defense with center being such a valuable position you know teams need centers all the time we just saw former Charger center Dan Feeney get traded because uh, the Bears needed a center. And maybe them looking at Brennan Hymas and saying, hey, like we need to protect this guy for now and let's keep working with him and maybe he's he can become something down the road and Will Clapp can kind of fill in the gaps there. Yeah, I'm very curious what this, and I guess we'll never know. To me, I, I hear your argument for you know Will Clapp going to guard and this sort of thing. It kind of feels like Occam's razor in this regard, where it's just like the the simplest answer is potentially the right one, uh, and that's that he was their draft pick, and I think that that is something that they're going to stick mm-hmm. with. They did obviously. We just talked about tight end with Trey McKitty. Like they're going to stick with it and work through it. Now, I do think, and I want to give him credit here. Brandon Hymas finished the preseason really strong, and that final yes. game was about a lot of guys. Like, okay, here's your snaps. Let's see what you got. You know, even the edge rushers that aren't even going to make the practice squad, like Carlo Kemp going elsewhere, Ty Shelby going elsewhere potentially. They gave them a ton of run in that game to just see, what do you got? What are you going to show us? And Brendan Hymas had a really, really, really good game. And looking at the preseason as a whole, like you're looking at, not that it was just him, Zion and Jamari obviously contributed, Jordan McFadden, Zach Bailey contributed, but the team rushed for 601 rushing yards. And I think mm-hmm. they're going to look at Brendan Hymas and say, like, yeah, he, gets you, he should get a ton of credit for that or at least in that regard, they performed very well. And I think he performed very well. 
it, it really just comes down to, you know, before really early on before training camp, we talked about questions that we had that we needed answered in training camp. And one of the first ones I talked about, if not the first one was, okay, when Rashawn Slater and Trey Pipkins are off the field, who are the tackles? And I feel like I know less now than I did. Cause to me with, with Zach Bailey, you felt like, okay, Foster Sterrell is your swing tackle. If Rashawn goes down, Foster Sterrell goes over there. And if you have Zach Bailey on your team and something happens at right tackle, he looked great in the preseason. So there's your, there's your other tackle, whatever. Now I'm not really so sure. Now, again, this is the initial roster. Things might change. Everything we're talking about now, by the time it airs tomorrow, could be completely different. <laughs> but right. for right now, I'm, I don't have that question answered yet of what is the plan at backup tackle and as we've sort of gathered throughout the, the preseason and training camp, is that a good plan? We'll find out, or hopefully we never do. But if we find <laughs> out, if we have the opportunity to, we will eventually find out. Yeah, I think like the way that I interpret this roster right now is that if anything happens on the interior, Will Clapp goes in at any three spot. If anything happens at offensive tackle, Foster Sorrell goes in. If anything else happens after that, then you have Brendan Hymas, Jordan McFadden, and um, did I say Will Clapp? And Brendan Hymas, excuse me, to fill in the gaps after that. Had a little, little brain part there, but it's okay. Um, so I think this team trusts their ability to kind of workshop it and figure it out. And, you know, they've they've shown a good enough track record that I think we, we should have some trust in that. So, Again, I, I thought Zach Bailey showed enough to make the roster. I thought to me he was a lock, and uh, I wish him well. If he ends up on the practice squad again, great, because I think that would be a fantastic depth option to have. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what happens there. All right, let's shift gears, talk about the, the defense here as we're uh, running out of time. Uh, Chargers keeping six defensive linemen. Uh, Morgan Fox, Christopher Hinton, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Scott, Malak, Scott Matlock, and Nick Williams. Um, to me, this is... Uh, a Christopher Hinton positive story. I think this is a, a great uh, opportunity for him. And, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day highlighted it today. He, he was a guy who, you know, maybe potentially left college a little bit earlier than some might have thought, goes undrafted, mm -hmm. signs with the Falcons, gets cut, signs with the Giants, gets cut, gets, signs with the Chargers, and plays some key moments down the stretch of last season and was getting first-team run without Austin Johnson on the team this year. So, uh, Tyler, what do you make of, of the decision to keep Christopher Hinton? I know a lot of fans out there wanted Gerard Clark on this roster, too. Mm -hmm. um, C.J. Okoye sounds like he's going to be back on the practice squad, but what do you make of how this room got sorted out? Yeah, so I'll, I guess I'll start with Gerard Clark. Player absolutely deserving to make it. I think based on his preseason play, wouldn't have been surprised. It wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be surprised to me if he was the 54th guy. You know, just like, ah, I yeah. just, just couldn't do it. Had to keep Dotson or Smart or whatever. Um, so bummer there, but I, I get it. Christopher Hinton, great story. Uh, I did not see this coming. And then suddenly day one of camp, you're like, oh, I guess Chris Hinton is making the roster. <laughs> and then it, that was it. Like there was no really other debate or discussion. He was out there with yeah. the first team with two guys hurt. And he looked good and he played well. And I was so surprised to see how he could function as a, not just a, run stopper because that is ultimately what Gerard Clark will be that's kind of a specialty he had some pressures throughout the preseason but he is a run stopper and maybe that is Chris Hinton more so too but you saw some great great pressures I think a sack or two from him in the preseason so 
give Jay Rogers whatever he wants, man. If you have a player who you feel really good about, who's been with you now in your second year, second season, not really two full seasons, um, but if you feel good about him, keep him and, and keep him in that rotation because, you know, you really don't know a whole lot about some of these undrafted free agents and how they might respond to an NFL game. You don't know what's happening with Otito. We have, honestly, I mean, you might, but it seems like that's a mystery. You've seen Chris Hinton play. You've seen him in the NFL. You've seen him play. He works with Coach Ed. He knows the guys he's lining up against. You know, again, if you have Sebastian, Joseph, Dave, Morgan Fox, and Chris Hinton out there, those are three guys that all train together. So I just think chemistry, knowing about him more, and just he played good football. It's a good move. And it was this six is not a surprise. It's, it's a solid group that will only get better when Otito returns. Yeah, it's a group that I think is is going to be underrated nationally. I mean, how often do we see all the draft pundits wanting a nose tackle in the first round this year? And I'm already seeing that it's happening again for next mock, next draft season. So um, a, a group that I think is underrated. But Christopher Hinton, I think you know him making the roster really comes down to to versatility because I think that mm-hmm. he can play all spots across the line. He can be a run defending nose tackle if you want him to. He can be a, a pass rushing three tech or a pass rushing five tech. I think he can play all across the line and do it well. And, and again, this is a guy who was a five-star recruit, went to Michigan, shined at Michigan. Again, maybe came out of school a little bit too early, but um, this is what the NFL is about. You know, finding a guy like Christopher Hinton and, and turning him into a quality player and getting him in a right situation with Jay Rogers and learning from behind guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, mm-hmm. Morgan Fox. And I think it's, it's, it's super cool to see it come to fruition. Uh, I wish Gerard Clark well. I hope he's able to come back on the practice squad because that's a guy who was like very clearly the top in the league in terms of run-stop percentage among all defensive tackles who played in the preseason. There's a very defined role for him, though, and I think that just kind of limited his opportunities because I think Jay Rogers, Brandon Staley, they like these guys who can play all across the line. Mm-hmm. That is Christopher Hinton. That is Nick Williams. That is Scott Matlock. That is Austin Johnson. It is Sebastian Joseph Day. Heck, even Morgan Fox told us, hey, I want to learn how to play against the center more often and fight double teams. So mm-hmm. um, this is a good group. I feel really good about this group, especially that Austin Johnson is healthy. How healthy, we'll see. But uh, I, I like this group a lot. Yeah, me too. The last couple of years, they've held on to another guy to make the initial 53 who was really good at stopping the run. Forrest Merrill, nose tackle. Braden Fogo, nose tackle. But ultimately – when it came to the entire season outlook until injuries happened, they wanted guys who could do more than one thing, and Chris Hinton can do that. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on here, outside linebacker slash edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. Uh, no surprises, Joey Bosa, Klumak, Chris Frumpf, and Tuli Tui Pelotu. We've talked a lot about this unit on this channel, on our own channel. I think this is uh, the best edge situation that the Chargers have had in, in a few years here. But did you have any thoughts about this group before we uh, move on? No, not about these four. I feel very confident about them. We've talked about them, and we'll see who that one edge rusher is. Sounds like Andrew Farmer would be, like, the sort of priority there with, you know, with Carlo Kemp. It seems like he's destined to go elsewhere and not make the practice squad. So um, Andrew Farmer showed a lot. I think he'll be the guy that ends up on the practice squad. Yeah, Kemp was, I think, just – a little timing here could have gone a long way for him. I think if he had had this kind of preseason last year, I think he would have made the roster last year. But um, I, I think no real surprises with this four making the the ultimate four or initial mm-hmm. four, I guess. Um, all right, let's get to the linebackers, inside linebackers. Again, no real surprises here. Dayon Henley, Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, Nick Neiman, and Eamon Ogbong-Hamiga. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Tyler? 
honestly, if you asked me who was the defensive surprise to make the team, I would have said, okay, like Mikael Jones or Blake Lynch or something like that. So I, I figured maybe like this could be the area. It turns out it was AJ Finley for the safety group. Um, no, feel good about this group. You have a good combination of, you know, a veteran and a hopefully ascending Kenneth Murray, special teams guys, a rookie draft pick you feel really good about. So again, slightly unproven still, but you still feel good about, about some of these guys. Yeah, I think it's a unit that has a lot of potential, but definitely mm-hmm. needs to click together here. I think obviously Eric Kendricks is a big part of that. Um, Deion Henley had a really fantastic preseason. Very curious about what really is his role. Um, cause you know, from a snaps perspective, it always felt like Amen and Nick Neiman were ahead of him on the depth chart, but we'll see how that, that changes, uh, throughout the, the course of the season. You mentioned Mikael Jones. I thought he was really fantastic in the preseason games, especially against the saints and the 49ers mm-hmm. really instinctive linebacker. I, I think he's a little bit limited in, in coverage duties, but he's a guy I definitely want to circle for a potential practice squad spot. And, and hopefully by the time you guys are all listening to us. That has already come to fruition. So uh, mm-hmm. he's a guy that I, I, I definitely want to see them continue to work with going forward. Yeah, I, I had – we have so much – we have limited time, right, to do what we do and to look at these undrafted free agents. And when you have a bazillion of them, it's hard to keep track of all these guys. So <laughs> I didn't prioritize linebacker one bit because, you know, they were keeping the guys that they were keeping, right? Like that was – and they did. But Jones, over the course of the last couple of games – and I'll be completely honest, I, I noticed him out of – comedy out of a funny bit because of the way that he helped Dayon Henley secure the interception yeah. and then he you know played pinball Took out three with guys. defenders yeah <laughs> so I'm like oh okay and then I, I looked up him and the numbers and I'm like oh okay maybe I should you know pay attention to him more and he looked great so as the I don't know how many practice squad linebackers they usually keep but I, I hope he's one of them yeah exactly couldn't agree more there um all right let's get to the defensive backfield we talked a little bit about AJ Finley no real surprises otherwise in terms of the safety group uh, and, and cornerback group. Obviously, Michael Davis, J.C. Jackson, and Asante Samuel Jr., along with Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard, make up the cornerback group. And then, again, the safeties being Derwin James, Alohi Gilman, uh, Raheem Lane, J- and, uh, and obviously A.J. Finley. But regarding the cornerbacks, Tyler, are you at all surprised that maybe Tywan Mullen or Cam Brown didn't make this roster? How do you feel about that group? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. I think you feel very confident in your five corners. Um, we'll see with JC's health, of course, how that all plays out. But honestly, even without JC Jackson, you, you feel pretty good about what you've seen from Asante Samuel Jr. You know what you have in Michael Davis. Dean Leonard, I argue, has been one of the best guys of training camp in the preseason. Just a phenomenal improvement from him over the last year and a half or so. Um, so he's been great. Josh Taylor, you feel good about. So no surprises here. Uh, if Mullen made it, Cool, I get it. If Cam Brown made it, cool, I get it. But no surprise that they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, Tywan Mullen, I think, was a guy who grew on me a lot, you know, just seeing his physicality that he brought to the table in the preseason. Um, kind of redundant, unfortunately, with Asante and Jasir Taylor on the roster. You know, Derwin's going to play in the slot a lot. You know, we'll see what happens in terms of other slot defenders. But, you know, it's tough to find a role at that star position, as Brandon Staley likes to call it. So, yeah. Um, definitely just want to circle him and Cam Brown for the practice squad, but uh, we'll see what happens there. To your point about Dean Leonard, I think one thing I do want to highlight here is that like, you can make a real, real argument that the two most improved players on the team from last year to now 
are in this defensive backfield being Dean mm-hmm. Leonard and JT Woods. Mm-hmm. And those are two spots that we really needed to see that improvement. And so I think, you know, definite uh, hat tip to those guys who have really come out, worked super hard and, and put it out on the practice field, took it to the preseason games. And hopefully we can see some of that improvement, you know, come to shine in the regular season. Yeah, we've been, I've definitely been singing Derek Ansley's praises um, as the guy who was the DB's coach and now the defensive coordinator. You just feel great about him and the development of these guys and the Chargers to continue with that. I mean, JT Woods, I know it's not really what we're talking about today, but he's improved tremendously. And I think you just see that statistically on film, et cetera. Dean Leonard looks, I mean, again, the, the transformation, what he's done over the last year and a half or so since they, they drafted him last April is tremendous. So good for him, yeah. good for this group. You feel really good about him. Yeah. All right, last but not least, the specialists on the team. Again, there was only one punter, only one long snapper. So J.K. Scott, Josh Harris making it. Definitely not a surprise. Uh, we got to see an actual legitimate kicking battle, uh, although Dustin Hopkins was injured for a little bit. Uh, but Cameron Dicker ultimately ends up winning the position battle, um, beats out Dustin Hopkins, who gets traded to the Cleveland Browns. Again, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I want to wish Justin Hopkins very well, man. Like, he saved the Chargers from a really tough spot in 2021, was fantastic for that team down the stretch, and literally left every ounce of energy uh, that he possibly had on that field against the Denver Broncos. One of the coolest moments to see him kick that game-winning field goal basically on one leg. Uh, so Dustin Hopkins, I don't know if you're listening to this, but I do want to wish you well, uh, cause you are one of the, the best kickers in chargers recent memory. So hopefully you, you experience nothing but success in Cleveland. Um, that being said, I'm very excited for, about Cameron Dicker, man. I think Dicker has earned this opportunity. He was like 93% all throughout the summer. And, and I think Chargers fans should be really, really excited to see Dicker and his potential be the chargers kicker unquestionably so heading into 2023 yeah feel great about it again in ryan ficken we trust and in cameron dicker and <laughs> previously dustin hopkins we trust it has been a joy to know that i got married this year and i might actually make it a few more years because the kickers have finally brought my stress levels down like i am going to be able to start a family i'm gonna have kids i'll go on a honeymoon next year because these kickers have stabilized the position. And everyone I talk to in the stands, every single time we're up in the stands and, and they would, whoever it was, you name the list of people over the last few years, they go out to kick and we just stood there like, please, just anything <laughs> close to within the uprights would be great. If you could hit 78% this year, that'd be awesome. And it turns out Dustin Hopkins, over 90%. You know, the Washington, for whatever reason, decided to cut him. And we went, thanks. And we never really looked back. He was awesome for the Chargers. Watching him beat a division rival on primetime on one leg, where after he kicks every kick, he falls over because he can't land it after he kicks. For him to do that, and then, not that he did this, but get himself traded for a draft pick. Like, salute to you, Dustin Hopkins, man. I appreciate you. Cameron Dichter, um, you're here now. Jesus took the wheel, and now you are the uh, kicker for the Los Angeles Chargers uh, for the foreseeable future. I think this is a guy that I'm hoping, like a Justin Tucker, for example, although Justin Tucker is a whole different story, I hope he's the kicker that they can rely on for years and years and years, and years and years and years and years and years. Again, I'd like to start a family and have my, my, my blood pressure <laughs> stay nice at a manageable level. 
So your hopes of starting the family are resting on, on Cameron Dickers. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Tenure yeah. of his career. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If he misses the first kick, check in on me. Uh, I'm wearing a Fitbit, you know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, if he misses the first kick against Miami, uh, yeah, check in on me. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. That, that's amazing. Um, yes, obviously hope Cameron Dicker experiences nothing but success with the Chargers. You know, again, these stories that the Chargers have on the roster are crazy. He was he signed with the Rams as a punter. He was going to punt for the Rams oh, I didn't uh, know after his college career. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who did both at the University of Texas and uh, ultimately decides to stick it to stick to the kicking profession. And uh, it's really worked out for him. So I'm excited about Cameron Dicker. I know that there's been some concern about his his leg strength. He had a 58 yarder in t- at Texas. He's looked good from very far out at training camp. You noted during the scrimmage he was kicking from like 60 yards out and yeah. uh, not like 100 percent accuracy, but definitely had the leg to to get it there. So I'm mm-hmm. excited about Cameron Dicker and and hopefully we can uh, like you mentioned have him around for the long haul. Yeah, can't wait for the postseason game winning field goals. Yes, speaking into existence. All right, Tyler, uh, any other thoughts about this roster before we uh, head out of here tonight? Nope. Let's play football. Well, you guys play football. I'll just talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, Yeah, that's going to do it for us today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, I know previously our shows have been releasing on Tuesdays. They're now going to be up on Wednesdays throughout the regular season. Uh, so hopefully you, you know, set those notifications, subscribe to the channel and maybe throw us a bone at our own channel as well. We always great, greatly appreciate the support. Thanks to, uh, Tyler for joining me. Thanks to Greg Kim for producing special. Thanks to the Chargers, of course, for giving us this platform. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys next time. As always, bolt up.